For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is at Chelsea Messenger. And also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for Picks and Parlays. You just search Picks and Parlays, and we're usually the first thing that pops up, so not hard to find. We also stream the show live every weekday, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, on all of those social media platforms if you want to tune in that way. Uh, today is Tuesday, September 24th, and we have a full slate of football and baseball on today's show. Big surprise there. Uh, starting off with baseball, we've got a couple games on the docket today because a week left in the regular season means you can still win money in baseball. Don't forget about it. And also, we're talking Ohio State, Nebraska. Ohio State has been an incredible bet for the first half. It's been one of my favorite things to bet because uh, I wake up at 9, I put my bet in. Or no, I have my bet in the night before, excuse me. But I wake up at 9, I see him cash it, and then I go back to sleep. It's really nice. Uh, then second segment, more college football uh, with Joe Duffy on this segment. Three games on the slate, Duke, Virginia Tech, USC, Washington, K-State at Oklahoma State. The Cowboys are 4-0 against the spread. Uh, do they continue that run uh, this week against K-State? And then finally, NFL football. Yeah, it's here. Uh, we're talking uh, a few games with Tony T. Eagles, Packers, Titans, Falcons, and Pats, Bills. Can the Patriots continue to roll over an undefeated team in the Bills? The Bills are 3-0. Who would have thought? Uh, and then... What do you think about this Monday Night Football game last night, guys? Uh, did you have the Bears? I like the Bears. Uh, it looked like a safe bet until towards the end. But luckily for Bears betters, Case Keenum, he had five turnovers. Not great. And dysfunction continues be, to be a problem. Uh, when it comes to Washington, I saw on the Internet where one of their trainers was stirring the Gatorade with another Gatorade cup. Like, of all things. Uh, but, yeah, the Redskins having issues again this season. Is Jay Gruden on the hot seat? I would probably say so. Uh, but we've got a great show for you guys today, starting off with baseball and a little college football after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. And we're back on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. Let's get right to it. Let's start off today's show with a little baseball. We've got Craig Trapp joining us here in Las Vegas in the studio. Hello, Craig. How we doing? I'm glad the uh, weather has uh, went down about 15 degrees since I was here just a week and a half ago, and uh, hopefully that means our picks heat up as well. Oh, great. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> they were better yesterday. At least I hit, I hit the uh, 
Monday night football game. I had oh, the yeah, over, you picked so the Bears, didn't you? I like the Bears and the over, so I hit both sides of it. So pretty excited. It's a good start. Anytime your first day in Vegas, you, you hit both sides of the game. And I had a parlay. That's always a good start. And uh, excited about baseball tonight. I think this is the time of year you can really make money betting some of these underdogs in baseball. For value picks. Absolutely. Yeah, all right, so let's dive into some of those, starting with the Cubs and the Pirates. Uh, the Pirates are eliminated by a long shot. The Cubs are four games back out of the National League wild card, which I guess there's maybe they're still in it. I don't really want to do the math. <laughs> I think there's seven games left. Well, the problem in that division is it seems like all those teams are, yes, still in it, but they're all kind of playing each other a little bit, and I think they the, would need a lot to yeah. fall right to make it at this and point, the especially Cubs, banged up. The Cubs have to play, I think, uh, the Cardinals after this, so right. that's not an easy task uh, by any stretch. Uh, tonight, it's Kyle Hendricks on the mound for the Cubs, one of their better starters, 11-9, and 3-3-7 ERA. He's been good recently, and he's also been good against the Pirates. Uh, six innings, one run last time out, and he has a 2-2-5 against the Pirates this season. However, we talked about value picks. Do you like the value pick here? No, I mean, this one, you got to lay minus 175 with the Cubs team that's just, you know, banged up to no end. The whole season's really been that way, but even more so right now. And Kyle Hendricks, what, his last five starts, he's been good in four of them, but the last start was his bad one. Four in runs, just five innings. I think uh, you have to play against them on the road because we know how bad the Cubs were. That was, the Cubs would be in the playoffs already, if they were just 500 on the road. They are terrible on the road. And, and they've yes, been bad recently. They've lost yeah. six in a row. And the Pirates have lost, what, nine, nine, in, nine a in a row. row. So, so they're I not mean, a whole lot better, but at least we're <laughs> getting better them value. at home. You're getting them at plus 155. And Mitch Keller, yes, he's not been very good this year. One in five with a 7-7-4. I think you're <laughs> giving him some credit. I, yeah, I might be overstating this, but at least last time out, he was. it was one of his best starts of the year. I think Mitch Keller tonight with the value here at plus 155 is a nice play because the Cubs on the road just aren't very good. So playing against the Cubs this year is one of the best bets you could have made. If you played against the Cubs every game this year on the road, you would be rolling in the money. Well, and also it hasn't been the Cubs rotation that's been the issue. It's been the Cubs bullpen. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, since coming back from the IL, has been an absolute problem. He's been giving up leads left and right. I don't know how much you use him after that but the bullpen for the Cubs has been absolutely dreadful and that's the worst way to lose games is when you have a lead going into the ninth and you blow it and the Mitch Keller the last time out he had seven strikeouts just five innings uh, two earned runs you know like I said probably his best start of his last ten uh, you're so a little positive there and then you give me that plus 155 that's why we're taking this one and I think it's worth the value on this one right that's why I mentioned the value pick at the first yep. segment so good I was trying setup. to lead good to that. Good, good, good setup. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> but I didn't think you caught my drift. No, I didn't. Uh, but all right, so let's talk about another big favorite, I would assume. Uh, the Dodgers going on the road to play the Padres. Rich Hill has not pitched in three months. It's his first time back, I believe. Uh, he's 4-1 and one with a 2.68 ERA this season. But again, he hasn't pitched in three months. So what are we expecting out of this one? Well, you cannot take the Dodgers here at minus 230. They have nothing left to play for. The minus 230 with a total of nine in this one. You have to either lay the run line if you're going to take the Dodgers or you take the big price, which is what I'm going to do here and the Padres. I just think to me at this point in the season, once these teams clear, the, you know, and they have nothing left to play for except, you know, keeping people in rhythm um, and getting Rich Hill back. The, the idea is that he's going to hopefully be one of their, probably their third starter or fourth starter in the playoffs. So they want to get him warmed up, but I don't expect he'll go past three or four innings today. I was going to say, I bet he's on a short leash. Very short pitch count here uh, because he does have that history of, of uh, 
blisters on his fingers, on his throwing hand, and I think that will be why they keep him out of this one after, say, three or four innings. And, I, you know, the Dodgers bullpen has not been as good as years past. I like the Padres here at plus 185 as a home underdog. There's, today, there's some huge prices on underdogs, and this is one of them, and I think it's a well worth uh, betting these huge odds as an underdog with the home underdog in the Padres. There was a stat that I would like to see is teams after they've clinched, after the game after uh, that they're popping champagne in the locker room. I would love to see that stat. I don't know if the Dodgers have clinched officially yet, have they? Does anybody know? Uh, I believe know? so. I mean, they, they, they're at the century mark now. They have 100, 100, yeah, 100 if you have 100 wins. wins. I'm, sh I'm sure they're good at this point. Uh, but the, the key for me in this one is, the road because the, at home the Dodgers are almost unbeatable. Almost unbeatable. Right. Um, one of the, you know, w like we said in the last matchup, one of the best bets was betting against the Cubs on the road. One of the best bets is also betting the Dodgers at home. Even right. when you're laying run line this year, they were amazing. Right. Houston's been really good at home too, uh, as well. All right. So let's get to some college football. Let's start off with Ohio State and Nebraska. Ohio State is four and zero this season. They're the number five team in the land. 3-1 and one against the spread, Nebraska 1-3 and three against the spread, uh, but 3-1 and one overall. Uh, thoughts on this one? Well, this line opened, and this I think there was an advanced line, this opened as uh, Ohio State at 14 and a half. Uh, we see this line all the way up to 17 and a half currently, and the total at 67 or 67 and a half out there. I think there's a lot of value still on Ohio State, even though that odds has been pumped up there. I don't think Ohio State's going to overlook them. Remember, Nebraska almost upset them last year. Uh, it was 60, uh, 36 to 31 last year with, of course, Nebraska covering at Ohio State and having a shot late. And so I think this one, you'll see Ohio State remember that game. And uh, I don't think Ryan Day will have any problem getting them up for this game. And it's the first road uh, matchup for Ohio State. So I think Ohio State will be up for this one. I think you lay the points here. I just think Ohio State is clearly a top four team in the country right now. And I think they're out to prove that with an impressive road victory here at Nebraska. Right. You mentioned last year's score, but it seems like this year has been two completely opposite different uh, teams. Uh, Ohio State has been impressive in every facet of football. Their offense has been rolling. Uh, their defense shut out Cincinnati, which is a pretty decent team. I think we mentioned some of the size concerns yep. we had up front, but Nebraska on the other side of the coin, they lost to Colorado. They blew that lead. It was not impressive. And they weren't even that impressive against South Alabama, a 35-21 win. Well, and last week they only won 42-38 to against at Illinois, but Illinois is not going to be a team uh, that, that is good. And also, I think, the, I think the Indiana win was pretty impressive. Uh, that actually, I said they, that and was, it was their on first, the road, too. Yeah, I said that was their first, this is their first road game. This is actually their second road game. Uh, they won 51-10 to at Indiana, which I think that Indiana offense is pretty good. So their defense is playing extremely well, allowing less than nine points a game. I think Ohio State is out to prove that not only are they the best team in the Big Ten, which I think that's pretty clear. I guess Wisconsin could, could make a small argument there, but I think they're out to prove that they belong with the Alabama and Clemson right now, which is most people's wanted to. Well, that's uh, most of college football is a lot of these teams have to prove that they belong in the top four. Granted, Ohio State has some games towards the end of the year. Uh, we thought it was going to be Michigan, but no. is that even a, a meaningful win anymore? It won't be. Ohio State, they will play Wisconsin, and that will be their chance to prove outside of this game, I think. I think these those are two toughest games left. Um, I don't think Penn State's very good, but, I mean, I guess Penn State could prove us wrong here. 
uh, in the next few weeks. But to me, I think it, it really comes down to this game. The, the two games that they could, could you know, have a misstep would be Nebraska and Wisconsin. I don't think they have any missteps this year. I think this team goes undefeated. I think they prove it. I think Justin Fields is uh, outside of, of, you know, what we've talked about with just uh, with Hurd at um, Hertz, Jalen Hertz, Hertz with uh, Oklahoma and Tua. And I think those two are probably, and then Justin Fields is number three as far as. And then Trevor Lawrence, I mean. Well, he was up for it, but I don't think he's had quite the numbers everybody expected. So I'd say those three are the top, and and Fields could really put up some points because I think this one's also going to go over the total at 67. I think we saw this one, like I said, last year, 36 to uh, 31. I think this one uh, goes over as well this week, and I think Ohio State wins and wins impressively covering the 17 and a half. And something also you've got to bring up is the turnovers. Justin Fields has been really good with the football. 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. Meanwhile, Nebraska has 11 fumbles this season. Could spell trouble. Ohio State, <laughs> this isn't a team you want to give extra possessions to. So right. if they do that, this game will be over by halftime. Really, Colorado, the only really impressive, or uh, Nebraska's only uh, impressive performance was that first half against Colorado, and then the second half they fell apart and lost. All right, there you have it. He likes Ohio State. All right, we're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio with more college football. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger, and I am joined now by Joe Duffy. Hello, Joe. How was your weekend? Uh, pretty good, Chelsea. Very good weekend as far as winning is concerned, especially in the NFL, where I went 7-1 and one at picksandparlays.net. So our proprietary uh, system's doing well, and it's going to do just as well this weekend, even better in college football. All right. I like your Ohio State pullover. You got the Buckeyes this weekend? <laughs> uh, I do not. I do not. But I think as I talked before, and I know, you know, sometimes I wear some of my Ohio State swag with Tony T and his tremendous a podcast that he does for picks and parlays. You know, my oldest son goes to the Ohio State, and every time we go to Columbus, I come back with more swag. So, you know, that's the main reason. But, yeah, we, we love Ohio State. We love the campus and uh, Columbus, Ohio. But, no, I don't think I'm uh, picking them this weekend. Oh, well, <laughs> bet with your head, not your heart, right? <laughs> yeah, I got a big head and a big heart. <laughs> All right, let's dive into some of these college football games, starting with the Friday night game. Uh, Duke, Virginia Tech, the Hokies are favored by three in this one. Total sits at 52, at least the numbers that I'm getting. Uh, thoughts on this one, and do you like the underdogs to possibly cover? Uh, well, Duke's Quentin Harris has done quite well uh, replacing Daniel Jones. Of course, we all know about Daniel Jones, one of the more controversial first-round picks in a couple years. Uh, but but right now, so far, they're doing pretty well without him. As I said, Harris has done extremely well. His offensive line has been very good. There were some question marks about the offensive line coming into the year. What's quite interesting is because of, of Harris, it's been a pleasant surprise. Duke's passing game has really outperformed expectations, but their running game, not as good as expected. So will this week off, is that going to mean that both units are going to regress to the mean will the running game get a little bit better and will the passing game though be able to maintain it I think this week we're going to see a little bit better running game but not quite as good of a passing game as each one of these teams are off of a bye right Virginia Tech is 0-3 against the spread uh does that scare you if you were thinking of taking them here 
Yeah, not only not only is Virginia Tech 0 3 against the spread, they are minus 14.8 margin of cover, a sweat barometer, as some people like to call it, which is the third worst in the country. Uh, no, even though, as I say, college football tends to be a momentum sport, I did look it up. Teams that are 0 3 against the spread and have been um, outscored by at least, you know, 14 points, 13 points, 12 points to the number. There's not really much to go by. Now, a little bit of a tease, that's one of the most valuable statistics in the NBA. Margin of cover is a tremendous valuable statistic in the NBA, not so much in, uh, in college football. So now when a team is generally that bad, uh, my computer says they're not either, you know, a strong go against or a strong go for. Craig and I were, were talking about this. Uh, I can't remember if it was before the show or on the show, but Virginia Tech is 13-2 and two, uh, against Duke since joining the ACC. Do you think that stat matters? Do you think in college football that some of these teams just have another team's number, or is it, you know, a different team every year? I do think there is a certain thing about the uniforms they wear where one team has a mental edge because of the history over other teams. Look, we saw it right, right here in Georgia where it took a long time for Georgia to overcome the mental whammy that Florida had over them, even though Mark Rick had some teams that were better than Florida and then Florida kept beating them. But as far as 13-2, and two, not really. You know, of course, it goes back to Frank Beamer when they were still a major powerhouse when they first came into the Atlantic Coast Conference. And Duke was a laughing stock, and obviously, um, you know, Duke's program has been uh, turned around certainly since they hired the Manning boys, Manning's uh, boy, uh, to turn around the program. So now these are two teams that are definitely headed in completely different directions when Virginia Tech first entered the ACC. So under certain circumstances, I do think there is a mental edge one team has over the other, but I don't think that applies here. All right. So who are you taking? Uh, you know, this is a game where I, I'm going to wind up having both the side and total and picks and parlays. I wasn't all that sure. So I'm going to, I'm going to pass. Although I would say that uh, for those who bet the money line, I would lean towards Virginia tech on the money line. I think when I looked at it, it was about one minus one sixty. All right. So let's move on to USC and Washington, uh, Washington favored in this one minus 10 total sits at 59 and a half. Do either of those look especially juicy to you? Yeah, well, you know, USC, I'm not that big into looking at the common opponents, but, you know, from my I'll report, you decide type thing, USC, they did lose in overtime to BYU, and Washington crushed BYU last week, 45-19. to 19. Um, It's a quite the interesting game. I think, if anything, the live total would be a pretty good bet where you just bet opposite of whatever's happening. USC, they have a very young but talented secondary. They can make big plays, but they've been susceptible to big plays both um, on the run and on the pass. So what I'm saying is if it's a high-scoring game, I would strongly look at the adjusted total to bet it under. And uh, likewise, if it's a low-scoring game, to bet the adjusted total over the adjusted line, because I think this is going to be a game where USC – their defense is going to look tremendous for one quarter and maybe horrible the next quarter. They're, they're very good and very talented, but they can be beaten with the, uh, with the big play. It seems like USC, on the flip side, makes some big plays themselves. We saw it against Utah, where they really exploited that mismatch with the cornerbacks and the tall receivers for USC, and they were making some huge plays, and they're now on their third-string quarterback, but somehow they're just throwing up these jump balls, and the receivers are making these plays for big gains. Do you see that happening again against this Washington defense that's supposed to be good? 
Yeah, USC is a dangerous team. I'm a little bit surprised that uh, they're three and eleven as an underdog under Clay Helton against the spread because usually, look, Helton's one of these guys. He's been criticized as a coach. A lot of people think he hasn't gotten the most out of his talent. The general rule of thumb, coaches like that. I always like when there's a big underdog because it's fits in the predictably unpredictable category. I would think that Helton would be very dangerous as a dog, but a good fade as a big favorite. Now this year. That's kind of held up. They've beaten both ranked opponents, Stanford and Utah, although Stanford turned out to be kind of a paper tiger anyway. But, yeah, they're, they're, I still think they're, this, despite that stat I just gave you, uh, they're very dangerous as an underdog. And I just think this USA, USC team is destined to lose games they should win and win games they should lose. So I would be a little bit worried if I were Washington this week. And especially when you're talking about a point spread of 10 points, when you're talking about garbage time and teams that can really move the football, USC throws the throws the ball. Uh, excuse me. So late in the game, it just worries me that USC can come back and really cover that spread if you're taking Washington there. Yeah, and USC's defensive line has been pretty strong this year, so they can certainly force the turnover. And yeah, you're right. If, if Washington is up by uh, you know 17 points late, they got the backup quarterback in there. USC is capable of forcing a turnover and you're still talking about a conference game it's a, it's a little bit of cliche and i say that because it doesn't hold up that much when um i look it up but still bigger dogs are generally a little bit better in conference play than non-conference play and since this is a conference game and you know usc's fighting for some respectability you could see where usc keeping it close is more important to them than washington making any type of statement here Right, and entering the season, Washington at least had one of the better home field advantages in all of college football. Do you see that being a factor? Yeah, it definitely is, but it's more than taken into consideration in the line. Like I said, right. USC is a team that's got some, some pretty good talent. They've already beaten two ranked opponents, although, you know, with an asterisk next to Stanford. But still, I do, but, you know, if, it, if the point spread were five or, or six or, you know, even eight, Maybe, but 10 is a pretty lot of points against a team that's very uh, dangerous in USC. All right, so let's move on to Kansas State and Oklahoma State. The Cowboys are 4-0 and against the spread, which is the number that we like to look at. Uh, they're also 3-1 and overall. Uh, K-State, 3-0, and 3-0 and against the spread. How do you see this one lining up? Yeah, well, well Oklahoma State, they're off of their first loss and then fading teams off of their first loss. Um, that had that were had at least three wins. A very solid play of 449, 359, and 16. And when you're betting on the team that's on the road, 239 and 178 for 57.3%. Uh, now Kansas State, as you said, they've been tremendous this year. They have the best margin of cover in the country, covering by an average of 17.8 points per game. Uh, that being said, look, OSU, they're very dangerous. They're super talented at the skilled position player, at the skilled position. Still, it looks like so far, the odds makers have been a little bit behind uh, Kansas State. Right, Kansas State, of course, coming off that big win over Mississippi State on the road with the Cowbells as a seven point underdog, which is quite impressive in my eyes. Uh, I don't think I've mentioned the line, Oklahoma State minus five total sits at 60. Those are the numbers I'm seeing. Um, looking at those numbers, uh, do you like o Oklahoma State to cover here? No, I'm actually going to go with uh, Kansas State. Look, Oklahoma State, they are, and, and you're right, anytime you beat an SEC team, now the truth is the SEC is very top-heavy. 
you know, once you get past, uh, you know, the, the big boys like Alabama and Georgia, and of course this year certainly LSU is a heck of a team, it starts to, to drop off. But still, anytime you can beat an SEC team, that is um, pretty impressive. And yeah, those cowbells. I've been in a couple sports bars where the Mississippi <laughs> State fan club's been there. I haven't been in their stadium, but I've been in some sports bars. I know how annoying they can be. But, you know, Oklahoma State, with, uh, with Tillon Wallace, he's very dangerous. And Cuba uh, Hubbard also as well. So Oklahoma State's a tough team to bet against because they're capable of scoring in bunches, which the total implies. But still, I think Kansas State is good enough to stay within the number. Right. And we have to mention that Oklahoma State, 36-30 loss to Texas. is. I mean, there's yeah. no th such thing as quality losses, but... I mean, it seems like yeah. a quality loss to me, I suppose. Yeah, and I got to give Texas uh, credit. They they have completely turned around their, their program. Texas is a very good team, but a quality loss, yeah. But the immediate the game immediately after that, like I said, my uh, proprietary software says this is where a team has the win taken out of their sale. So maybe the, it'll be a quality loss when you're talking about bowl pairings and all that. Right. Got to wrap you up. We're heading to break. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, and also on Twitter. And you can watch the show live on any of your favorite social media platforms every weekday. Just search picks and parlays. We're really easy to find. Right now, let's get into some NFL action. We've got Tony T in the studio. Oh, I just kicked the desk. <laughs> <laughs> the guy was in my leg. Right. If you took my pick yesterday, it should have been my leg. <laughs> oh, well, to be fair, the Redskins almost covered. Almost. Yeah, it was almost Towards there. the end. Towards yeah. the end. Yeah. Yeah, oh, towards the end there, and, you know, it's. I was watching the game, and I was watching with Craig, and I was looking at how much separation the uh, Bears receivers had, and I thought to myself, you know, Mitch Trubisky must feel like he's in college again. Right. I mean, all these open receivers, and uh, yeah, there's some problems there with the Redskins' defense, no doubt about it. But, uh, boy, Mitchell Trubisky, he'll never get easier touchdown passes in your NFL career than yesterday. Right. I was wondering when the Bears' offense was going to really start clicking, and, I mean, that one seemed right for the picking just because the Redskins, as you mentioned, their defense – uh, even though I thought that that one touchdown was not a touchdown, the one where he, uh, who was that? Gabriel? Yeah, yeah, that was a tough call. Yeah, the, there was definitely <laughs> movement in the ball as he was coming down. And I was worried when I saw Walt, uh, Walt Anderson, the, the, the referee, look at that. I don't think he would be sharp enough to catch that, and he, did what he was, and obviously he missed the call. So he, was a, he was the same that I told Craig. This is the same crew that ref the Saints-Rams game from the week before. Oh, no. So I put those two together. Well, luckily the Redskins fans aren't as vocal as the Saints fans. Oh, and there's not as much on the line. Nobody's going to a Super Bowl after this one. Uh, but let's dive into some of these games for this week. The Thursday game, uh, Eagles-Packers. Packers favored, minus 4.5. Total sits at 45. Uh, the Eagles have been one of those teams that they're supposed to be good. But they've really baffled some betters so far this season. Meanwhile, the Packers are 3-0 and 3-0 against the spread. They are, and they've won each game by five points or greater. So we have a line here of 4.5 and, and, and a short week here for uh, Philadelphia and both teams here. But I'm going to look at the Packers here at minus 4.5. I'm impressed with their wins to the Bears, Vikings, 
And of course, last week against Denver. But as we talked about the Eagles, they're dealing with injury concerns here. You know, right. you know, Jeffrey, he may play, but again, Deshaun Jackson's hurt. Mm -hmm. I said Whiteside is injured. And of course, uh, you, you factor that as well as how poorly the Eagles defense has played this year. I mean, right. even, even the Redskins were able to put a cover against them. And <laughs> right. we saw how bad the Redskins were last week. I mean, you know, they're, they're giving up 293 yards a game defensively. Opponents are completing 63% of their passes. And, of course, we could also mention how good the uh, Packers' defense has been this year. The Packers played right, great defensively. Right, that's kind of been a surprise because, obviously, you see Aaron Rodgers on paper and you just automatically think that the Packers' offense is going to be good, uh, flying high. And, I mean, to their credit, they've been scoring some points, but it's not – uh, the high-powered offense that maybe you'd expect. Obviously, they're running a new offense. They've got a new head coach. But uh, also something of note, the under and the underdogs are 3-0 and on Thursday Night Football this year. Yeah, we've seen some really low-scoring games. Part of it's put the matchups here. You know, the Carolina was struggling offensively. We saw your your Titans and Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> I no, don't want to talk adult, about it. We'll be talking about them pretty soon. <laughs> Trust me, we will be. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I think a lot of it's the matchups in this one. I was kind of uh, thinking uh, the, the over in this game, but then I thought again with the Packers' defense, I was really happy with the way the, green, uh, the, way the uh, Packers are playing defensively. I feel more comfortable here laying the points. Of course, Packers had a good, good uh, um, coverage against the, the Eagles covering uh, what we've got here, five of their past six, so pretty good trend there. Yeah, I'm just wondering if the Eagles, maybe their luck changes at some point because they are a good team. As you mentioned, they do have a lot of injuries, and the problem is their offensive line probably needs to give Wentz a little more time to throw it because that's, I mean, that's hard for any quarterback to make those plays, especially when you don't have your best receivers. That's the key. You know, are they going to run the ball? But that's not the Eagles' game plan. I mean, they like Wentz out of the shotgun. And, of course, uh, the Packers are going to be at home, and I think that's going to push them over the top in this one. Right. It is at Lambeau. Yep. Worth noting because usually that's three points, you know, automatically. And it's tougher on the short week having to make the travel. You, you lose practice time. Right. All right, so let's move on to... The Titans and the Falcons. These are two teams that, if you're a fan of either of them, you have experienced a lot of disappointment this season. The Titans, my team, of course, started off hot with that big 30-point win on the road to the Browns. But then they lost to the Colts. They lost to the, Jagu the Jaguars. Uh, so it's hard for me to take them. I know just as a fan, I'm not going to... Not going to lay the money for them, but uh, Falcons favored by four. Total sits at 44, uh, 45 and a half. Yes, it's a, a low total there. But, you know, I'm going I'm to take the Atlanta Falcons minus four. You know, in these games involving AFC versus NFC, I always lean toward the offense because these teams are not very familiar with each other. They play once every four years. And, of course, you look at the playmakers here on the Atlanta Falcons, you know, Julio Jones, Sanu, Calvin Ridley. These are very good receivers, and I know Julio Jones. Julio Jones, <laughs> and we know that Atlanta operates much better at home. You don't have to deal with the crowd noise. The offensive line will play better at home than they do on the road. Ryan will be up right here, and of course, uh, I like I like to favor the, the offenses in these matchups. So I will definitely look at Atlanta, but Titans giving up nine, you know, giving up sacks. They can't they can't block. We we talked about this even in the preseason right. with Tennessee's uh, injuries at the offensive line. Well, and Taylor Lewan is out. He's suspended, and he's suspended for this game. Uh, he's suspended for the first four games of the season, which means he will be back, but not for this game. That's correct. And, of course, you've got to worry about that. Being you know, on the road in a dome here, the, the Atlanta will be sparked up a little bit, I think, in this situation. They've got to win. You know, they want to they bounce back after some poor showing. So I really like, I like Atlanta here laying the four. I know it's more than a field goal. I know Atlanta has a tendency to play close games. But, again, AFC, AFC, 
the Titans not familiar with these playmakers for the Falcons. Here's the problem I have with the Falcons. On paper, they look like that offense should be good, but yet the most points they've scored this season are 24. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Matt Ryan's supposed to be this great quarterback. They've got these great receivers. Devontae Freeman is healthy again. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, and a lot of it, is, in fact, is, has been the play of the offensive line uh, for the Falcons, not, not protecting Ryan. He's getting a lot of hits. And, of course, they, do, they, do have, they have suffered some bad luck injury-wise mm -hmm. in the defense. And they just lost another, another safety last week So it's in, in, that, in that loss to the Colts. They did fight back and make it a competitive game. Uh, give them credit for that. But again, it's the opponent you're, you're looking at here, Tennessee, who really just can't really do much offensively. It's been, it's been a disappointment. Um, you know, look at the Falcons, top third in the league offensively on third down and the red zone. So that's something to note there, especially when you're laying four here. I think you'll get some touchdowns here for the Falcons. Right. The Titans' defense is supposed to be their strong point this season. Uh, they gave up 20 to Jacksonville, even though I will say Gardner Minshew was making some of those throws that I don't know how you defend against. He yeah. was threading the needle. It, it, was, it was quarterback play. And, and Minshew, you know, a 72% completion rate this year, really good for, for, uh, for Jacksonville. But one thing about the Tennessee defense, when you get in the red zone, they're 30th in the league in defending the red zone. So that's another benefit here for Atlanta here to cover this one is Tennessee has not been good in, in those situations. Although... I guess they gave up 19 to the Colts and only 13 to the Browns. I know at this point it's still a small sample size, so it's hard to tell. Uh, another stat I'd like to bring up, both teams, their only win has come as an underdog. So is the spotlight too bright for the Falcons? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a real small sample size here in week four. But again, you look at AFC versus NFC, and I think you have to look that through a different lens. Right. Yeah. yeah, and the Falcons are at home, too, which you think would make a difference. It does make a difference with their pass blocking because when, when I don't like Atlanta on the, on the, on the road, we saw that, that game against Minnesota. I mean, and of course, we said Minnesota's going to make a lot of teams look bad uh, when they play in, in, in their Viking stadium. But at home, the Falcons block better. Their right. offensive line does. So just to circle back, you're taking the Falcons. I'll take the, the Falcons play. here at minus four. Minus four. Okay. Let's move on to the battle of the undefeated. <laughs> The Patriots, of course, 3-0, and 2-1 against the spread, against the Bills. Yeah, the Bills are 3-0 and this season, 2-1 and against the spread. Uh, Pats favored by 7, total sits at 42.5. What do you like in this one? Well, I like New England Patriots here at minus 7. You know, not all 3-0 and teams are not the same. When you look at this <laughs> Buffalo Bills team, hey, I like, their, I like their firepower. I like the way they play. Defensively, they played well, but they've beaten the Giants. They've beaten the Jets. They've beaten the Bengals. Right. Teams that are, will not see the postseason. And you're looking at New England here, a team that has dominated Buffalo. 14 covers in their past 17 meetings head-to-head. -head. They've covered four, four of their past five against Buffalo in Rich, over on the road. Uh, New England's had really good success against Buffalo. And, of course, you look at the difference between Allen and Brady. Brady with these weapons offensively loaded with, with backs that can run and, throw, and, and, play, and catch the ball out of the out, uh, backfield. His receiving core is outstanding. I have to look here at New England this, in this game. Right. Coming into the season, we didn't think the Patriots would be quite as talented as they look now, and especially their defense looks good, too. Oh, It's not the Tom Brady show. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm glad you mentioned that because they're only allowing 199 yards a game. Think about that. And, and less than six points To be fair, they have played the Dolphins. Oh, sure. Immediately is a stat booster, and they played the Jets. Right, right. You have to look. You have to def And they played the Steelers. 
who we know now the defense has been disastrous for the Pittsburgh. But yeah, I mean, both teams coming in with resumes with three no teams as well. They're, the teams are beaten aren't the greatest. But again, you look at historical trends here, how, how well Brady and Belichick have handled Buffalo. And you look at the quarterback comparisons with Brady and Allen. I, I definitely have to look at, at, at the uh, and the playmakers for, for, for the New England Patriots. And you said, again, you brought it up. The defense, the defensive help. Right. Even against these bad teams, they've been able to perform, and I like that. And one thing to note here with the Buffalo Bills, they couldn't get separation against Cincinnati. They had trouble getting separation against the Giants. Buffalo Bills have not put together two good halves of football. It's always been one subpar half, another good half. Against the Patriots, you cannot do that. Well, and the Bills have gotten lucky, and some of these have been really close games. I remember that Jets game. The Jets should have won that game. Yeah, the Jets should have <laughs> won that game because Buffalo had a terrible first half. Right. And against Cincinnati, Buffalo had a terrible second half. So they haven't been able to put those two good halves of football together, and that's why I think that's where New England can really pretty much put them away, I believe, in this one. So something interesting last game when the Patriots were playing uh, the Jets, and they were supposed to be, well, some of us really hoped that they would cover, they put Tom Brady back in. Oh, so, well, you know, something you like to see is better, even though they didn't cover. He's done that in the past. I've seen him do that in the past before when he put in a backup. The name escapes. It wasn't Brian Hoyer. But, it was uh, Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham. Who this went to year, Auburn. Uh, this year. But he has done that before in the, in, in the past, in, in the years that he's been a co uh, head coach with the Patriots. He has, he has put in a backup, and as soon as he throws a pick, he's benched and Brady back in. The he's done that before more than once. But it's, there's probably been about three or four years between, between issues, between the circumstances. Right, but that. as a better, that's something you like to see you do like... yeah you do like to see that because you know um you know you, you know you're not gonna have another pick six and of course brady may answer back with a touchdown there but uh right. i think he's just looking for ball possession don't give don't give away the game he probably want he, he probably stayed up late and watched that ucla washington state game oh man <laughs> how you get up the, how you let other teams get back in the game is throwing pick sixes right and tom is very competitive it's so funny to me when you see a, a young quarterback on his team make a touchdown, he doesn't look like he's celebrating. I remember now it was Max, <laughs> Max Gutierrez, the, oh, the, wow. the old backup, went in, into a game for Brady. They were blowing out a team, and it was a bigger, wider margin than this. He throws a pick, he's bench, and here comes Brady again. I, yeah. I remember that game exactly. It's, it's funny because if, if anybody should have confidence in their starting role, it should be Tom Brady, right? Yeah. I mean, he's older, but I don't know. That's why he's a competitor. He's been doubted his whole life, I suppose. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just no greater, no greater football player in my lifetime. You know, playing this good in, beyond 40 blows my mind. I always wonder if Tom Brady would be just as good if he didn't have Bill Belichick. Good question. I don't, I, don't, I don't think he'd be as healthy. I don't think he'd get the pass protection. You know, he had one season where he missed most of the, in that Kansas City game. And it wasn't even his fault because the, 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 uh, the running back missed a block and the, the, the defender happened to hit his knee. That's the only time he's, he's sat for a long period of time. Right. Well, and just uh, the, the ownership and the front office, because some of these players, I'm wondering if it would go differently if oh, they had yeah. a front office. Because you look at, uh, at Cleveland and their front office that has been notably bad, the Haslams and then Freddie Kitchens, uh, not, he hasn't really impressed me in his head coaching uh, debut. It just makes me wonder. Yeah, it does make me wonder there. And, of course, the game I'm looking forward to is, is the uh, Saints at, uh, Cowboys at Saints with the Cowboys' favorite. Uh, two and a half. That's something I'm going to keep an eye on. How, how can Ezekiel Elliott run against that Saints defense who's given up almost five yards of carry on the ground? That's a game that I'm really excited about. That's almost one of those games I don't want to bet because I want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would open three, and now we're seeing Saint money. Now uh, Dallas favored minus two and a half on the road. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our NFL segment. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. 
And we are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. It's just my name. We had a great show, chock full of information and stuff you can put some money on. Uh, if you weren't paying attention, we got you covered. Or if you're just tuning in, we're about to recap all of our picks from today's show so sit back, relax, we've got you covered. Starting off with baseball and college football from Craig Trapp. Cubs at Pirates taking the Pirates as a value pick, plus 155. And staying on the underdog train, Dodgers at Padres taking the Padres, plus 186. And then Ohio State at Nebraska take the Ohio State University, minus 17 and a half. Joe Duffy gave us some college football picks as well. Duke at Virginia Tech. Take Duke and the under, I believe, or just the under. I'm not uh, 100% certain, but uh, moving on. USC to Washington at Washington. Excuse me. Take USC plus 10. K-State, Oklahoma State taking K-State at plus 5. NFL picks with Tony T. Eagles at Packers taking the Packers minus 4.5. Titans at Falcons. He's taking the Falcons minus 4. And Pats at Bills, the battle of the undefeated. Taking the Pats, minus seven. Uh, that's our show for the day. Uh, one last little tidbit, something I saw on Twitter last night. There was a better that had, I think it was like a 25-team parlay. All he needed was the Redskins to win last night. It was an 89-cent bet to win 500000 And wouldn't you know, the Redskins lost. So if you're having a bad day... Uh, at least think that you didn't lose out on $500,000. That's our show for the day. Uh, stay with us tomorrow. We'll be back same time, same place on Picks and Parlays Radio. Bet, win, repeat. See you guys tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.